Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Vinitali International Academy, announcing the 24th of our Italian Wine Ambassador courses to be held in London, Austria, and Hong Kong from the 27th to the 29th of July. Are you up for the challenge of this demanding course? Do you want to be the next Italian Wine Ambassador? Learn more and apply now at vinitaliinternational.com. Welcome to Jumbo Shrimp Wine Study Maps. We have specially created this free content for all our listeners who are studying for wine exams. This has been a journey of development since Stevie Kim discovered Rosie Baker's hand-drawn maps on Instagram through two years of work by our in-house editorial and graphics team, and now the maps are available to purchase in beta form while they undergo the final proofing and editing by our expert advisory board. It's a three-layered project because we know everyone learns differently. We now offer the complete box set of 39 maps, this series of podcasts with the maps narrated by our crack team of wine educators, and finally, the study guide book, which will be published later this year. Our map project is in no way a substitute for the material set out by other educational organizations, but we hope all the wine students out there will find our map project a new, exciting, and useful tool for learning. For more information and to buy the maps, please visit our website at mamajumboshrimp.com. I'm Jill Gordon-Smith, and this is the Jumbo Shrimp Guide to Wine Study Maps, and today we're covering Australia. Australia is one of the largest land masses in the world. In fact, it's the sixth largest country, and it's about the same size as the USA. We have a diverse wine industry with most of our grapes planted around the coastal regions, but we also have some quite diverse climates. It's not just all about a hot climate. Australia is divided into six states and two territories, and viticulturally, vineyards in Australia are grouped into geographical indications, or GIs, and these make up our wine regions. The GI system is pretty similar to the naming system that is used in Europe, and it's recognised by international law, and it's designed to protect the use of regional names. And in fact, regionality is the cornerstone of the Australian wine industry. Geographical indications are the names of Australian wine producing areas, and they're broken down into zones, regions, and subregions. A region is an internationally protected and it's defined as a single tract of land that usually produces at least 500 tonnes of wine grapes in a year and comprises at least five independently owned vineyards of at least five hectares each. And the area of land must be discrete and homogenous in its grape growing attributes, so it has to be unique. Some of the elements that influence the climate in Australia would be the cold winds of the Southern Ocean, and those cold winds moderate the weather in many of our famous wine regions. We've got cooling influences in the south, the southeast and the southwest, and they're pretty similar to cooler Mediterranean and maritime climates. Also, major influences on climate in those cooler regions would be latitude. So, so southern Australia is much cooler than the north, and we have lots of cool weather patterns from the cold Southern Ocean and Antarctica, which moderate the warmth of those inland wine regions. Also, our Altitude, with temperature decreasing approximately 0.65 degrees Celsius for every 100 metres in altitude, Australian wine regions can be found up to 1,000 to 1,200 metres above sea level at the highest point. So there's a lot of diversity. Australia is home to some of the oldest vines in the world planted on their own roots. And in fact, when James Busby first came to Australia in 1788, he brought a lot of vine cuttings with him, mainly European vines, of course, that he planted in New South Wales, into the Botanic Gardens, and most of Australia's stock has come from those vines. Shiraz is our most planted grape, followed closely by Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pinot Noir, Grenache for the reds, 
then Chardonnay would be our most planted white, followed by Sauvignon Blanc, Semillon and Riesling. But the most exciting thing about Australia at the moment is the emerging grape varieties that have been planted in the last two decades. And these are being considered alongside concerns about climate change and the suitability of varieties for Australia's warmer climates. We have very dry growing seasons and not a lot of rain. So emerging grape varieties, a lot of them from Italy, Portugal and Spain, are making a real difference in our vineyards and allowing the imagination of our winemakers and the curiosity of our grape growers in supporting and growing southern Mediterranean varieties, often called the New Australians. These have been really successful and plantings of emerging varieties are increasing. Our number one grape variety is Shiraz and it's grown widely in most regions. So hot regions such as Hunter Valley and also warm regions such as Barossa Valley produce quite full-bodied, very fruit-forward wines with earthy or spicy characters. A number of winemakers are making more Syrah style from the cooler areas such as the Adelaide Hills, which is making fantastic Adelaide Hills cooler climate Syrah with more black pepper, more subtlety and more complex notes. Are you enjoying this podcast? There is so much more high quality wine content available from Mama Jumbo Shrimp. Check out our new wine study maps or books on Italian wine, including Italian Wine Unplugged and much, much more. Just visit our website, mamajumboshrimp.com. Now, back to the show. Cabernet Sauvignon has been one of our great successes and the Coonawarra region in South Australia makes classic world-class examples of Cabernet Sauvignon alongside Margaret River, which is very well known for making Cabernet. You'll, you'll find intense Pinot Noirs from the Yarra Valley, which is a cool climate with varied elevations and makes delicate, fresh wines, often quite flinty and citrusy in personality with their Chardonnay. Adelaide Hills, another cool climate area that's really becoming well known for great Chardonnays, great Shiraz, and also some alternative varieties. Tasmania, again, another cooler climate part of Australia where you'll find that it's maritime influenced and you have structured intense styles. They're quite complex, but really quite elegant. Over 53% of Australia's grapes are grown in South Australia. Many of the well-known regions such as Barossa Valley, which is well known for its big full-bodied Shiraz, its Cabernet and its Grenache, and also Semillon, which is often oak. So you'll find toasty oaked characters in their Semillon. It's also home to Eden Valley, which is a region very close to the Brossa Valley, but at elevation, very high, about 1,200 metres above sea level. And the Eden Valley produces classic, elegant Rieslings with hints of lime leaf and grapefruit. Clare Valley close by produces really interesting Rieslings in a bone dry style, which sets it apart. Lots of racy lemon and citrus and clean and crisp pure fruit is something that the Clare Valley is very well known for. The Adelaide Hills sits about 400 metres above sea level and makes some fantastic cool climate Syrah, Chardonnay, Riesling, as well as alternate varieties. And very classic in style, the Chardonnay in the Adelaide Hills would be very similar to Chablis with high acidity, gorgeous stone fruit flavours and long elegant finishes. The Adelaide Hills is really well known as well for Sauvignon Blanc, where it makes a more mid-palate style Sauvignon Blanc with lots of fruit in the mid-palate, still has beautiful racy acidity, but not as pungent as Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand. The Coonawarra is well known for its 
red soil. And this soil is called terra rossa. It's almost a cigar-shaped area of land that produces some of the best Cabernet Sauvignon and the most longest-lived Cabernet Sauvignon in Australia. It is a classic region producing blackcurrant, eucalyptus occasionally, and full-bodied Cabernets. Clarenvale is a very well-known area in South Australia that produces amazing Shiraz, but also some of the best Grenache. And we have very, very old vines here, up to 150 years old, grown on their own roots, which is really unusual in the world. If you're looking for more bulk or value wines, then the Riverland produces a lot. It's an irrigated area that produces a lot of the bulk wines, but is finding its own personality through Mediterranean varieties, which work really well in the Riverland. They don't need water or as much water and they handle the heat really well. So this is really changing the perception of the Riverland. Head over to New South Wales and the most important region here would be the Hunter Valley, known for its world-class semions that start off life as very crisp and pure and age into wonderful toasty examples that have never seen oak. Stunning world-class wines. You'll also find lots of Petrida-style wines coming out of the Riverina. Victoria, you've got the Yarra Valley, Heathcote, Goulburn Valley and Rutherglen, home to muskets and fortified wines. Heathcote gets a lot of cooling from altitude and they're making some fantastic Shiraz and other alternate varieties there such as Tempranillo and Italian varieties. Western Australia is really known for its Bordeaux-style blends as well as Sauvignon Blanc and Semillon blends. And these wines are very elegant, classic styles of wines that are world-class. Margaret River has a very cool ocean influence and it gets lots of currents coming up from the Antarctic and of course the Southern Ocean, which cools down the landmass and so gives these elegant wines and makes it perfect for grape growing. Also the Great Southern, some fantastic Rieslings coming out of this region along with Cabernet Sauvignon and Shiraz. Tasmania is probably one of the most exciting regions in Australia and as climate change affects us, which it is, they're able to produce some other wines such as Cabernet Sauvignon that they couldn't grow in the past. Probably best known for Pinot Noir and Sparkling. Also fantastic Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Gris. Tassie is a cool maritime climate. Australia is also really well known for its organic and biodynamic and sustainable farming, as well as minimal intervention winemaking. There's a lot of new avant-garde wines and avant-garde styles that you'll find made all across our Australian wine regions, majority of them coming from areas such as the Basket Range in the Adelaide Hills, but now spreading all over Australia. And it's the planting of Mediterranean grape varieties that are making such a difference and will continue to influence Australia and our styles going forward. Thanks for listening to this episode of Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Vinitali Academy, home of the gold standard of Italian wine education. Do you want to be the next ambassador? Apply online at vinitaliinternational.com for courses in London, Austria, and Hong Kong, the 27th to the 29th of July. Remember to subscribe and like Italian Wine Podcast and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your pods. You can also find our entire back catalog of episodes at italianwinepodcast.com. Hi, 
guys. I'm Joy Livingston, and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love, and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production, and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests, and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.